Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Few Your Fandom Podcast. My name is Saint, I want to thank you for joining me again today. Uh, I know it's been a few weeks, we took a few weeks off to kind of collect and gather and, and, and regroup. Uh, this quarantine time frame has been kind of hectic for everybody, but uh, we are back. And I just want to remind everybody, if you're looking to reach us, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Fuel Your Fandom. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. I am trying to update that more frequently. I am very bad at it. But uh, at Fuel underscore Your. And then you can also find us on our Anchor page, anchor.fm forward slash Fuel Your Fandom. Uh, that'll kind of give you the breakdown of where we're all located, including uh, Google Breaker, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the like. Uh, also, if you're looking for us, we are also on Seattle Wave Radio. Uh, just put your uh, browser to seattlewaveradio.com, and uh, there will be a banner that you can click that will bring you to our page there. But, all of that aside, I want to thank you guys for joining me again. Uh, today, I, I have the very distinct pleasure of speaking with someone who uh, means a great deal to me. Uh, we've been friends right about oh, 22 ish years something like uh, that yeah yeah pretty much my longest uh, uh, intact friendship if you want to call it that um, but uh, he lives all the way on the other side of the country right now so I'm really cutting into his dinner time right now which is fine by me I got food right in front of me so but I want to thank you for joining me and I, and I want to introduce my, my very good friend Dr. Robert Moorhead of the uh, Penn State University Oh, great. Give me my formal title. Now I have to be on my best behavior. Thank you. No, you don't. Um, yeah. Hi. Uh, it's great to be here, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. So, uh, so everybody knows, like I said, we've been friends for around 22 years. And uh, we've gone through all different manner of uh, interaction. We used to be involved in uh, uh, the SCA, which is, for those of you who are not in the know, is the CSA. Not confirm or deny. The Society for Creative Anachronism. Uh, we also we worked together flipping burgers uh, for a while. Uh, I think I fired you once. Yeah, it didn't take. But uh, we also did a uh, sketch comedy show for public access up here in Thurston County, Washington. It was really bad. Really bad. And and I, I, I want to not give really the name of it, but I do, but I don't. It's because on YouTube. It's so, it is, it is on YouTube, so with the proper search criteria, you can find it. Uh, and we can thank Chris for that. Um, but yeah, we've been through we've been through the ringer together as friends, you know. And, and so what I really thought was cool is because I started this podcast just as a way to have nerdy conversations with my friends, which is something I've been doing with you for years anyways. Yeah. Um, and, and so more to the point, though... Uh, there's more of a reasoning behind it now because not only are you uh, quite outspokenly nerdy, um, geeky, nerdy, whatever you want to call it. I let my flag fly. Uh, it's okay. Yeah. You do. Uh, but you also went into quite the uh, fantastic field of study uh, to inhabit that nerdiness as well. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what it is that you studied and what it is that you do? Oh, okay. So you're talking like day job stuff. I thought, Day job stuff. I, I thought we were just going to talk about Star Trek or something. Hmm. Um, we'll yes. get to that. All right. Well, so 
Uh, I mean, well, I mean, it's kind of, it's changed a, a bit. Um, so uh, I think, because you, you uh, dropped the, the doctor title, um, is I uh, became a professional astronomer after we met. Um, I like, I started college after we met. Um, mm-hmm. And so I've, I spent a lot of time going to school, getting my PhD, uh, working in exoplanet research, uh, characterizing uh, a lot of planetary systems that we discovered with the Kepler Space Telescope. Um, and then I, I graduated, got a primarily teaching focused position um, at a university in Texas uh, for a few years, and then actually came back to where I did my PhD at Penn State um, as, a, as a teaching faculty member there. And now I spend most of my time uh, working actually with undergraduates um, teaching classes and doing like a lot of advising and kind of running the undergraduate program uh, for the Penn State Astronomy and Astrophysics Department. Um, uh, basically, I, I just deal with a lot of student emails is, is kind of <laughs> my, really what it comes down to a lot lately. So my research isn't as active as it used to be. I have a couple fingers in some things a little bit, uh, but right, I'm basically become kind of like full-time, like more educational student focused in, in the world, which is a pretty, is, it's probably a really the best fit for me. So I'm really kind of enjoying that. It's been a big challenge lately because I, I don't know if you've been outside. Oh, no, no one has been outside lately. That's the problem. Um, and so those those kind of things have been, you know, that's been a lot of the day job stuff. But, yeah. So, yeah, that's basically the kind of where I am I find it, Yeah. <laughs> I, find it, I find it strange and hard to believe sometimes that this guy that I grew up with since our early 20s, um, is shaping young minds now. Uh, I mean, I try to limit <laughs> the damage I do. <laughs> and I don't mean that negatively. I don't mean that as an insult. Trust me, because it's just, man, I've seen you drunk. I, I've seen you. That's never happened. I've never. I've in never, all manner of um, situations. Yeah. No? No, no, of course not. No. Um, of course not. Only ever Professor Robert. Yeah. All right. I mean, I do have college have, kids. I mean, they're, that's that's fine. Drunk <laughs> and stoned all the they're time. Not, they're, they're, they're not unfamiliar with those states either, so it's, a, it's <laughs> fine. It's fine. Do, are you one of those professors, like the cool teacher that lets the kids call you Robert and just kind of hang? And Actually, no. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm the cool professor, uh, but I actually I, I do kind of keep it a little bit formal. More, I, and I, not because I I need to, to like, maintain control of a class or something like that um but, but you do i i do to get them to, to keep it one thing i find is that keeping a little formality as a professor helps other professors keep things formal as well and mm-hmm. there really is this this because i'm middle-aged white dude uh you know with a graying beard i i just <laughs> exude like the 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 you know privilege and authority thing and so i have a lot of colleagues who are from underrepresented groups or women who get a lot more flack um mm. from their students and i think sometimes being a little too informal gives students permission in other classes to kind of be a little less respectful and, and stuff like that so i do actually keep a certain level of familiar, you know as much as i can do as being like the you should i mean you should in my, in my class, especially my general education classes that are open, like the big students, you know, it's very much the jazz hands and the big, big ideas. And I'm bouncing around and doing 
doing silly things and stuff and so it's it's you know i'm you know that aspect of it is, is still there so you know I, I you know but there you know and there are times when you know you do have to kind of be a you know a little bit of you know disciplinarian or you have to draw a line how to constantly could have boundaries even with with college kids sometimes especially with college kids um, so no, that yeah, makes that, perfect sense. Yeah, so I do try to keep I try to keep that kind of little bit level of 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 familiarity, not, and that's not, and that's 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 my reason why I do it and stuff. Um, also, I, I spent like three years teaching in Texas, and you, you can't even get kids to call you by your first name there. Like I can get grad students to call me by my first name. It's like it's like it's okay. You can just call me Robert. It's fine. You know, it's not. No, sir. Yeah, no. It was like mm-mm. So yeah. Um, so yeah, but I don't. Is that nerdy enough for this? I mean, we could talk about teaching philosophy and stuff like that if we want, or yeah. active learning methods, or you know, any, any like, like, you know, what is the appropriate level of respect for advising mentor relationship? But I mean, I, no, I actually, I, you don't need to talk about that because yeah. what you actually just mean, said makes perfect sense. I mean, if you want to have a community and a culture of the teaching staff all being treated with the modicum of respect, you can't be the loose link in the chain. You know what I mean? Yeah. You broke it down pretty simply. Yeah, it's just I just I think it it just kind of you know, kind of helps. Yeah, I hope I don't know if it does or not. You know, it's I mean, <laughs> you just do the best you can, right? You know, just hope. You know, That's think true. Of, occasionally, think about what you're doing and why you're doing it, and is it helping? Is it making things better? Is it not? You know, that's that that's basically it. But yeah. My anyway. general rule in public is I try really hard not to swear at people. If not, and if I've made it through a day without just open aggression coming out of my pores, then I figure oh, yeah. I've done well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no, I hear you. <laughs> um. But uh, one of the things that uh, I like to do on mm-hmm. uh, this first segment of the show with, with my guests, and uh, just because I've known you for half my adult life, or half my life, not even just my adult life, but half my life, I'm not going to skip it with you. Uh, I, I like to ask my guests kind of the idea of what they're nerdy about. It doesn't have to be one thing or another thing. It can be just kind of the range of what you're nerdy about. And I know that's like a three-hour conversation in and of itself. But Yeah, I mean, it would be easier to say, what am I not nerdy about? Um, TLDR that shit. Yeah, right? Um, so nerdy, it's... I guess with me, it's usually... I think novelty is what drives it. Like, uh, if I find out, like, a new thing about something, it's like finding a new thing. Like, it's I'm, mm-hmm. I'm always, you know, what's around that next corner? What's the, you know, the, the you know thing I didn't know before? What I didn't know, what I found out today that I didn't know before is kind of, you know, whether it's, like, you know, some weird bit of, like, sci-fi lore from something or, um, you know, some random factoid or thing. Those are the, you know, whatever kind of, you know, captures my attention. I mean, I, mean, I definitely have predilections. You know, I'm much more. You know, if there's spaceships and or dragons or robots or something, I'm probably going to pay more attention to it than you know if it's <laughs> lawyers. Uh, you know, things like that. Um, but just yeah, I, I, I mean, it's kind of like as well. Kind of really why I like when I finally decided to like you know get off my duff fill up my FAFSA, go walk into the South Regentown Community College and say, okay, I'm going to start getting my degree finally. Um, even before I knew what my degree was going to be. 
Um, I mean, I, I figured it was astronomy two weeks into community college, so it worked out. But um, you know, when I when I went started going through that process, uh, and what I realized is like that like what drew me into academia basically was that this is where the nerds lived, right? <laughs> you know, this was <laughs> anyway because it could be it could be about anything, right? There was you know you know it was what like that whole enterprise of like like you know kind of like at least what we think of as like classic academia like the ivy tower is people nerding out about stuff right going deep like wanting mm-hmm. to know more like being passionate about it like if you don't have if you kn- there's no one who at least at one point in their life who was not who has a phd in something who wasn't at least had some passion for it it may have been driven out of them i would hope the process not, but you know maybe some rare things that people are just like like this is just a path to a career and I hate doing this and those are miserable people who are having a miserable life um, and so you know why you know kind of what you know when I you know first started like taking college classes for real um, it was like oh you know this is you know I didn't even know what this class was going to be like we just spent three hours analyzing King Kong from 1931 and, and thinking about these really you know, nuanced things or detailed things that, you know, you wouldn't have thought about just watching it. And you, you know, you need you uh, need to, like, break things down and analyze them and stuff like that. And it was just great. It was like, you, just, you can nerd out, out, out anything. Um, right. And, and that's why I kind of did the, the nature of what I did with this show. Because uh, I could have very easily gone on to, like, a comic book podcast mm-hmm. or a Star Trek podcast or a Star mm-hmm. Wars podcast. I'm, I'm definitely in all those fingers and all those pies, as you say. But I wanted to do something that was more open-ended, more accepting of everything, because fandom truly is in every single thing. I mean, if you're into sports, you're a sports fan. If you're into math, you're a math fan. If you're into books, you're a a book fan. I mean, fanaticism knows no bounds. And and really, I didn't want to pigeonhole myself into not talking to people about something that they're passionate about, just because it's not something that maybe I know anything about or I'm passionate about. Because I love sitting and watching people just kind of open up. And you can see the expression change on their face where they're like talking and talking. But then all of a sudden you tap into that well of, oh, they're a Star Wars fan. And you mentioned something like uh, Apocrypha from Star Wars like that maybe not everybody knows. And you see their eyes light up and they're like, oh, shit, it's on. We could talk about that. And they, you can feel that passion. It's like it's palpable. And that's kind of what I wanted to tap into. So, yeah, if you know who Triops is, that's 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 deep, man. That was from the uh, the young adult novels mm-hmm. of uh, Star Wars, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Which which young adult novels? It was the the Glove of Vader? Very good. There you go. Yeah. Good. Good. Got that. Right there. Man, we've done this before. Yeah, you can't right. Trivia, I me. Mean, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a tight game. It was a it very was, tight game. It was a tight... That was... Oh, man. And now none of it matters I, anymore because they washed it all away. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. There's still truth in legends. <laughs> uh, interesting fact about that, though. Mm. Have you heard the rumor that Lucasfilms is trying to come up with a way to what-if away the sequel trilogy? Have you heard about that? I... Maybe-ish? Long long story short, basically what they've got is they're coming up with a concept. Kathleen Kennedy looks like she's going to be on her way out the door soon. 
A lot of people are unhappy with how she handled the sequel trilogy. I'm not one of them. I liked it for a lot of reasons. But, I, it's got I its detractors, too. obviously. <laughs> right. Scott, there, there was one big I know, flaw. We, I, and there's <laughs> no, oh, we'll get to that. Hold on. Yeah. But so they've got this idea that's called the will or the the wisp of the force or the will of the force, basically. And what they're going to try and do is basically show it like an alternate dimension, like they're going to explain away everything that happened in the sequels as some kind of force vision or something or other. And I'm not sure how exactly I feel about that. It feels like they're they're being really short sighted with it. What do you think about a reboot? Rebooting this just the sequels. Just um, the sequels. I I think that's a bad idea, and it sets a bad precedent. I I think so. I mean, we can talk about the. I mean, the big flaw was is that they didn't they made the trilogy without having like at least one unifying arc. Right. It was it was here handoff handoff handoff, and I think. That was a problem because it's not how to make a trilogy, unless you <laughs> have the same person. Make. So different. I mean, I mean that's not fundamentally how it was different. People, there's this big mythology that George Lucas had Star Wars written out 20 years ahead of time, all laid out, and this has been he's been making stuff up as he's gone along since day one. Um, oh yeah, it's that's that hasn't that 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 is all just kind of you know that's just really like clearly. <laughs> If you look at the history, and you look at like like some of the early edits of like the New Hope, right? He was, he was, he was just he making it up as it's going along the whole time. Um, yeah, because you never knew he was going to be able to make another one. But it's the same person making it up, going along, right? And so that was the thing, was is they should have had even if they're not directing it, it doesn't have to be the director, it doesn't have to be the writers, but you need it. You need it like, and I mean, because if you look that at the background original, vision, yeah. Right, because you look at the original trilogy, right? Lucas didn't write Empire and Jedi. He didn't direct them. He Irvin Kershaw, the, thank you. He broke the he broke the stories down. He he was primarily the producer. He was a creative vision bef- behind it, right? He was direct, directing it, but the actual work. And you can tell because there's he, George Lucas has some certain strengths and weaknesses as a filmmaker um, that only get enhanced when he doesn't get good editing and feedback from other people which explains the prequels um, <laughs> and the problems there which I love the prequels too I mean I love I, I, I love them all um, but I think it sets a bad it sets a bad precedent with uh, the good stuff that is there in this in, in in the sequel trilogy and there is good stuff it's a little still a little bit harder to see in rise of Skywalker if you ask me um, just because that was just so it really did feel like they just let Reddit, the Star, our, the Star Wars subreddit, write the movie. Um, it's like, what, well, and what? Have you read any of Colin Trevorrow's treatment for what he had planned? There, I mean, there's some weird stuff there, too. So I, I'd see something, but, <laughs> but it was at least different. So, like, one thing is, and this is, I, and I, I knew this was going to come up, so, but, um, so I'm actually, <laughs> I, I'm like, apparently the rare person. Um, who really, out of the sequel, really likes Last Jedi? At least half of Last Jedi. There's there was weakness in the, in in the B plot with Rose and Finn. Goddamn Canto Blight. I mean, I mean, there was there, it was it was the, there was there was there's narratively some stuff that weakness. It just wasn't like it was like it was giving them something to do that ultimately didn't have any 
real impact other than getting almost all of the rebels killed. Um, and so, and, and just because Poe Dameron can't respect the chain of command because, uh, I guess, um, it, you know, whatever. Reasons? Yeah. I don't know. For, uh, so there, there's some weakness on that plot. But everything on, like, the, you know, the main Skywalker Force Jedi stuff was, was, was pretty good. Even if it, because, A, A number one. So the main reason I liked Black Jedi is because I was genuinely surprised. Like, I, I wasn't expecting Snoke to just get cut in half, and then that was just going to be it. And I thought that was great, because I remember, I'm old. I remember before we knew the Emperor was Sheev Palpatine, the Senator from Naboo, right? I remember mm. when we didn't even know his name was Palpatine. He was just the Emperor, right? When I was six years old watching *Turn of the Jedi*, it didn't matter that he was some four. You know, I didn't need eight. You know, eight background novels of Sith lore, Darth Plagueis the Wise. You know, what he ate for breakfast on his twelfth birthday, and you know how he how he bought the custom button that you know that was on his lapel that was like from the tooth of some sea monster from the depths of of No Name Planet Twelve. <laughs> And blah, 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 blah. He was just a dude in a rope who shot lightning at people and cackled and was scary. And that was enough. So, you know, your, 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 your Snoke theory stuff is wrong, is fine, because you don't need that, because that's what the story was about. It wasn't the point. And mm-hmm. so you, this, is, this is kind of sometimes the, the you know, people are just getting too tight into things. And like, oh, we have to have these mysteries and we have to solve these solutions, have these solutions up. I thought it was great. And then like when they did the Holdo maneuver, I mean, yes, yes, absolutely. That violated 20 years of how I've been told hyperspace worked from like West End, West End <laughs> RPGs from 1986. Okay, I, I have those RPGs on my shelf. I, I know, you know, I know about mass shadows and hyperspace limiters and blah, 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 blah. That's, that's fine. But that was a cool scene. And it was the way it was done when the sound dropped off. I was like, whoa. And it's rare in a movie nowadays where that I have a surprise. The thing that that really I reacted to the worst about Rise of Skywalker is nothing surprised me. Okay. There were no surprises at all. It was It did seem rather rote. It was just there were just like like she's a palpatine. Yeah, of course she's a palpatine. You know, it was like, and and there was some just like the Chewy thing. Like if it, if they if they literally if she had blown up che- Chewbacca, uh, if they had R I R A Salvatore Chewbacca again, that I would have a completely different. I mean, I love Chewbacca, okay, and 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 actually the, the like the kid who plays him now like was a uh, Penn State. He was a basketball player here at Penn State, so you know we we you know I love Chewy. Nothing against Chewy, <laughs> but. Just as a story and narrative, that would have been, it was no impact to it. And it's like, yeah. Was, uh, I mean, impact. Yeah, I mean, there were, cool, there were good parts. There were cool lightsaber fights. Um, there was some kind of interesting stuff with the Force Dyad stuff. Um, but overall, you know, it was it was just, I was, I was kind of disappointed with it because there was, there was after having some things that were genuinely surprised, and in and even Luke, right? People are like, oh, Luke Skywalker, he's a sad old man. It's like, yeah, that's kind of probably what happens to the chosen one after you defeat the evil empire. Like, why do you think that you're going to go on and well, have look a, at, everything's going to be look, look, <laughs> happy look at what after happened. that? 
uh, Yoda was a sad old man hiding mm-hmm. in a cave. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan was a sad old man hiding in a cave. He's really following the tradition, the proud Jedi tradition. Yeah. Of being a sad old hermit in a cave. And, and and you know you know having having a little green in the beard now and and you know having having things in my life that I'm proud of and things I'm not proud of you know I I you know I can I can I maybe I can empathize with with Skywalker a little bit more in that being in that state or or, or just imagine getting into that state and and you know and you know I mean when you save the galaxy at twenty what 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 else is there what else is you there fucking, for you yeah, yeah you right. Peaked. Yeah. Um, um, and so, yeah. And also, well, I guess I'll take up a hobby thing, now. The other thing too. The other thing too. I was thinking about this the other day. Is and I, and I don't think I th- I don't think I came up with this. I think I someone I I'm sure I read this somewhere in some thing on the internet. I, I have no original thoughts in my head. I I freely admit this. Um, but if you people when they look back at the Star Wars shows, they think like Luke was the hero. And he, you know, he fought the emperor and and and, and all this stuff, right? Peep, the 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 narrative theme in there is still the same. In Return of the Jedi, he didn't win by defeating the emperor. He didn't defeat Vader. He won by letting go. He let go. He 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 was like, I'm not going to kill my father. I'm not going to. I'm I'm going to let go. If this means I'm not, not a Jedi, you know, I'm just, you know, he stopped. He let go of everything, right? And that was kind of like the point. Like, that was what, you know, the Jedi is sort of calm, is, you know, but not attached, you know, and it was like he stopped. And he was going to, he would he would have lost. If it wasn't for that action prompted Vader to fulfill his destiny to toss, you know, you know, I'll be back off the, the, the thing, right? So... Um, uh, that him, and that's what he did in Last Jedi, right? You know, one final act, but he he let go of both his past and the Jedi's past, and just you know that was you know then folded into the Force, and that was you know those those themes are still there and kind of present throughout, and it that's. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I'm just I, I'm just the like, one guy who liked Last Jedi a lot better. <laughs> See, and it's funny. I asked you what you were into, and so I guess we could say we're into Star Wars. Yeah, I'm into Star Wars, Star Trek, <laughs> um, expand. Uh, uh, lately, it's been a very stupid uh, uh, online uh, MMO called Eve Online. That's like 17 years old, and I just got into it a couple of years ago, and uh, I'm like spending ridiculous amount of time playing that video game. Um, and Not wrong with that. Yeah. Um, well, we are going to take a real quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk more with Mr. Do- Mr. Dr. Robert Moorhead. That is not how that works, yeah. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one convenient place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.
And we're back with Dr. Robert Moorhead. Now, we talked a little bit at length about your Star Wars addiction. Uh, I really think you need help, my friend. I thought that was the opposite if, of what this podcast was about, sir. I thought, <laughs> that's why nobody can take that part of it seriously, because they know I'm joking. But uh, uh, they were, it's such a good time to be a geek, man. Like We're getting such a resurgence of Isn't all it? the good shit that we're into. They got 23 weeks. They're calling it 23 weeks of Star Trek coming up. With the advent of uh, Lower Decks, Star mm-hmm. Trek Lower Decks, their comedy animated series, mm-hmm. which if anyone's not paying attention to the news cycle, it's basically what would happen if you crossed Star Trek with Family Guy and Rick and Morty. With, with um, and not just Star Trek, but like the Lower Decks episode of Star Trek Next Generation, like... And for the, and for those of y'all that don't know what that is, there was an episode of Next Gen which focused not on the main core cast, the captain, the first officer, the engineer, the doctor. It had nothing to do with any of them. The whole plot of that episode called Lower Decks was focused on these low-ranking ensigns and crewmen on the bottom lower half of the ship just shoved off into the corner because like you were saying with, with, in the last segment no one ever hears about the, the, the Klingon custodian you know you don't hear about Worf son of garbage man uh, So, but you, but you know they exist there's someone's, gotta be the someone's gotta clean up that last over gawk right you know it's, uh, it's, that stuff goes bad and, and I actually had I was thinking of a whole conversation about I call I, I just call everything with Star Trek. I just call it technology, mm, uh, just because it one. makes it, it it just sums it all up so nicely. But I, I had this thought process, and this is a complete deviation from what we were just talking about. But I fit, fit I'm going to talk to anyone about this. It's either going to be you or John Champion, and I don't want to bother John with it because it's such a stupid idea. But it's like well, I'll, I'll rep- listen to your stupid idea then. I guess I know you will. You've been listening to my stupid ideas for. More than two decades, so. But uh, the replicators, mm-hmm. okay. On a starship, the replicators can create a chicken sandwich. It can create self-sealing stem bolts. It can create whatever it is you need to create. It's like the Deus Ex Machina of machinery on a, a starship or a space except station, except for latinum, right? That was the thing. That was one thing. Right, you except replicate. for latinum, right. Much to Quark's dismay. But uh, the idea is that... Um, I'm trying to think on how to phrase it so it doesn't sound stupid, but I think it's just going to end up sounding stupid. Um, Take the risk. It's okay. You ever listen to Steve Martin's old comedy albums? I may have. Not in a while. <laughs> if I have. Okay, but okay. Give me... Give me he has, he's got an old routine where he talks about how everything at McDonald's is made of the same thing. That there's just a machine in the back that goes, quarter pounder with cheese, Big Mac, here's your change. You know, everything at McDonald's comes out of this vat of the same thing. Okay. Okay, all right. So now we're, we have replicators, right? Yeah. Replicators are tied in directly with uh, transporter technology. Is the same thing. They're essentially mm-hmm. hand-in-hand. Right. So when you, we've already, I've talked with somebody about this previous, and I'm not sure if I've talked to you about it, but 
they pretty much firmly established that when you transport, you're not actually going. You're, a copy of you is being made. You're basically being 3D printed on the other side. Oh, are we are we talking now to you? Every time you go through the transporter, you die. The the the, the quantum. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and there's a certain bit of science to it. I mean, you can't make yeah, yeah. matter out of no matter. You know what I mean? But the idea yes, that I had you, was... you absolutely can. You can make okay, it out of energy. Maybe. So that that equals MC squared. You totally can make it out, as long as you have enough all energy right, density. Right. Yes. Um, but you understand what I'm saying. So, yeah. And that, that does come... That comes down to a, the, the whole... There are... The way over nerdy for this. Uh, uh, oh yeah, and I, it's been a while. I'd have to read stuff up, so don't just because I have PhD in astrophysics, do not take what I'm saying as as, as them dimly remembered stuff. Things I haven't thought about in a while. Uh, but so I think yeah. So the idea is like so, if you had like something where you were just trans, you scan someone and then recreate them somewhere else that you're just copying them. So it's not actually mm-hmm. transferring them as a person. Right. Um, I think in actually Star Trek, though, the way, at least in the techno babble, is they are actually beaming, you're being converted to energy, but they're, st- they're not making you, it's not like the, the, the replicating you out of new energy. You are actually the matter stream, right? You're being broken down. All of the original particles are being transmitted somehow and being reestablished. You're not recreating it out of new stuff. You're just putting it all back together. Um... I mean, well, right, because it was that gave me a, a really different thought process. Was like, if you're just being reassembled at either end from material on hand, you got to start thinking of the fact that Chief O'Brien has just been to the Enterprise. Well, he's been reassembled on the Enterprise out of whatever protein mass they have in storage, and uh, the same thing that you would make Deanna Troy's chocolate sundae out of. The same thing you'd make that Hydra Spanner out of. I mean, it's it's a really disturbing kind of concept. But, but okay, but fundamentally that isn't any different than any other object in the universe. Everything is made out of the same fundamental particles anyway. It's all Right, proton, but it's a little bit more it's all, direct. It's all proton... I mean, but it's not. So, so subatomic particles are not... In, no electron is distinguishable really from any other. They can be in different quantum states and stuff, sure, fine, but they're fundamentally the same. They have the same attributes, the same properties. I could replace every single, if I went one by one, and this is, there's a very, there's this philosophical thing, it's, I, I feel it's like, uh, it's something about, it's a ship or something, right? It's like, if you, if you, if you take a ship and you replace, you know, as you, as the ship goes through its life, you take the plank out when it gets rotten and you put a new one in. Eventually you replace Eventually every you single plank. Ship, yeah. Is it still the same ship? Um, and the same thing, we could go one by one, you know, very slowly, and replace each individual subatomic particle that makes you up, um, and would you still be the same person? Well, I mean, it is... What That's is, a big moral conundrum, too, because they've been saying that for years. It's like, every, what, ten years, you've sloughed uh, off enough dead the, skills, the, 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 those, cells... Those things are always very like that's like it's not like you every those those things are always educationally like, suspect yeah it's like the 10th percent of your brain thing it's it's not a sometimes it's not a thing parts of it's true i mean yeah you do stuff off you you constantly replenishing cells um but i mean it really comes down to what, what these all these 
come down to a philosophical argument is if it's, it's about dualism, right? Are you something other than the physical matter that makes you up? So if you're a diehard materialist, um, that you are, there is no, there is no supernatural, there is no soul. Like you are the processes that are happening in your brain at right. whatever level that we understand, how well we understand that process or not, that the, you are basically your brain um, and the so or the software running on your brain. And there is no other, other than what is, there is no thing non-physical about you or, you know, some mystical energy or what we would, you know, say of a soul or a spirit. So if you're a materialist, then it almost doesn't matter, right? Because if you just duplicate me or make a copy of me, that's exactly the same. You put everything in the same quantum state, you put all the same arrangement, that is me because I am not anything different than this arrangement of molecules. If you now think that I have a soul that is somehow connected to this thing and I break this apart and that doesn't go with me when I transmit it or copy it, then that becomes a big philosophical question, right? Um, you know, do you die? But I mean, you can say, you know, anytime there's a break in continuity, how do I know that I'm the same person I was when I last lost, lost consciousness? Right? Same thing. Well, it's a very Thomas Riker thing of you to say. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, like, so. Those episodes really that that conversation makes me think of the Thomas Riker thing with uh, Star Trek and uh, there was a transporter duplicate created mm -hmm. of of Will Riker at one point while he's a lieutenant mm -hmm. and he ends up stranded on a planet for what was it like five six years or something like, like that seven years like long, and he was he was like it was a long ass time amazingly psychologically healthy for someone who was <laughs> and it didn't I mean it, they didn't say he he was he was keeping things together it didn't say that there was a holodeck on there I don't know like he was. It was like he was fine. He was he was a little it was a little rough coming on the you know, like five minutes later he's smacking on Deanna Troy, getting transferred back into action. Successfully. Activity. Yeah, like Successfully. Man. Yeah, right? So I mean uh, Well they did have a forty five minute window to wrap that up, so actually I I strangely I haven't read that much fandom stuff in Star Trek, but I came across like like uh some are again I don't remember where it was, something in my feed. Uh, but apparently they were talking about like like one of the ideas was maybe they were just going to replace Riker. I, with I think yeah. I read that same article you're talking about like, where they had originally planned to kill him off to freshen things up and and like that would have been a bold choice. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think I thought the same thing. Like, well, that's different. Um, but, bold uh, is a good way to put that. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I went down the gravy train of. Uh, of, of uh, replicator technology and everything the other day. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of... I started thinking about the, the Steve Martin bit and how, you know, if you got matter in space has to be, be broken down. So, like, you put your plate and cup after you've had your Earl Grey hot, you put that back into a matter dematerializer, mm -hmm. and it just becomes that, like you say, that energy again so it can be reused and recycled and repurposed. So it's like... The really scary shit with that is, aside from the transporter thing, which just boggled my mind. I was like, oh, oh O'Brien's energy is now part of the souffle now. But uh, you also got to figure, what are their toilets attached to? You don't think about any blue water waste up in space and these little weird water closets that they use on a starship. I, I mean... That matter is broken down and recycled into the food that you eat. Your I mean, that, meek soup. I, I mean, is, yeah. I mean, it, it, uh, it really depends. I mean, if you if you, it depends on how 
conservative you need to be. Like Unreal Spacecraft, that is exactly right, right? They they will they will reprocess the water out of it. I mean, they don't like recycle the the, the poo. Uh, Fecal that, matter. That 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 they just basically toss out the window. Um, <laughs> <laughs> last next time you wish on a shooting star, that might have been no. Um, <laughs> but um, that. But that's like in real space flight. That's like critical, right? You can't. That's any uh, anything. Any mass you bring up into orbit is was expensive to get there. You want to recycle that as much as you can. You don't want that. That's that's you can't be that wasteful. Um, so yeah, like like that kind of level of recycling and stuff, um, especially for long duration. For you know, there are things like that are going to have to be things. Now in Star Trek, right? They have the antimatter things, and they have like you know, oh, we make you know. Limitless amounts of energy and tachyon beams and stuff. So you know, whatever. Um, they don't have to. Yeah, but what do you think? What do you think they do with Star Trek poop? This is a hard-hitting question. I mean, I mean, I mean, probably you know the easiest. It. I mean, probably the easiest thing would be just to flush out the spacecraft, right? That's um, that lower deck shit. You yeah, because it's definitely so in Star Trek with the replicators and stuff. It's definitely not implied that they have like like react they have like it's not like they have like the the replicator spool 3d printer right it's literally like <laughs> it's, it's using pulling things directly from the eps power taps thank you uh and taking that energy converting it directly into converting energy directly into mass so it's not like they have like storage tanks of biogel to make food out of um uh at least by next gen it was unclear uh how the food slots on on the original series worked. They probably were... I think, oh, they had replicators I can discover. So we'll retcon it to be, you know, my chicken sandwich and coffee that's full of tribbles is, is we'll just <laughs> assume that that was uh, in, really a replicator. Maybe not as good, but... Um, did you... did you Do you watch the short treks that they release on CBS? Yeah, oh, the one with the tribble... Yeah, I did. And, like, the one... The one with, with the, the tribbles? The tribble Gary guy, something like... That was... H. John Benjamin? Yeah. I, I have to say that one that one just was a little that one of all of them. It was uncomfortable. Yeah, I was like, ah, I don't know about that. One. I mean, I've liked the short treks a lot. Um, okay, but oh, we were talking about we were talking about like fifteen minutes ago about thirty-two weeks of Star Trek. So we've got what's coming. We've got a uh, lower twenty-three. Decks. Twenty-three. Okay. Yeah, lower deck, lower decks, and then October fifteenth, you got season three of Discovery coming back. So okay, good. I think those are the big two that they're hyping. That's right gonna now. be twenty three. There's so there's twenty three weeks of that is, and it's gonna be right. continuous. Okay, so I can't. I I should have unsubbed my CBS sooner because now I'm gonna be stuck with it. Um, you haven't, or you have? I I meant to after Picard after I finished watching Picard. But then it's like I'm gonna watch Picard again, and then I haven't watched Picard again, which I should watch Picard again. I, 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 Absolutely, I, you should. I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, the uh, sheer fucking hubris. I love it. <laughs> The Admiral was such a fucking pill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I uh, I thought it was good. And again, in that way, right? If like you know, I can you know that you know Picard made mistakes. That he does have some pretty big character flaws. He's not perfect. And I think having those are okay stories to tell. We we, we you know I I I, I, I I'm, I'm very curious to see what they're gonna do. I like there were a lot of things I really liked that they did. Uh, in uh, Picard, I thought it was it was really good, and the things oh. and there's something I have to say. So I have I have a really strong aversion to to just pointless fan service. 
Um, mm-hmm. Like, I actually... Um, a good example was Solo. Because um, I think... So, so, the very first time I watched it, I didn't like it very much because there's just so much fan service that got in the way of me enjoying the story. Because it was, like, really to the point of, like, you know, where... Like, do we need to know that where, like, oh, Lando's disguise from Jabba's palace has just been in the Millennium Falcon for the last 30 years, you know? Or Mm -hmm. this is, you know, this is, like, literally, we introduce a droid character. We do something a little bit interesting with this droid character, too, by making it kind of female. Like, like apparently, Lando is, is having, is, you know, they're in kind of some sort of relationship, um, they and, get kind of and, and, and it's interesting because, like, you know, I'm a self-made droid. I'm a, kind of a droid revolutionary. And then and then the whole arc for that character that was kind of interesting to introduce, and it was kind of, you know, was so that we can justify why a throwaway line of C-3PO from Empire Strikes Back of, like, where'd your, 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 the Falcon has this weird dialect. Where did it learn to communicate? Um, and it's like, <laughs> we... We don't need that everything, every line of dialogue ever explained, or every prop have have six pages of backstory. You know, like, Lando could have just been wearing a helmet he found. That is okay. We don't need the, you know, now there's probably some novel about, like, the helmet and who wore the helmet, you know. It's probably the, the <laughs> lot, you know, everything, not everything has to be special, right? And that was kind of the point of Star, of Star Wars. Was like, there was like well, a- I wonder how much of that came from um, the rewriting from Ron Howard when he jumped on. Versus what Phil Lord and Chris Miller were doing before. I, mean, I just, I just don't know. And I mean, there's the, again, there's problems with the, like the production, but just the the amount of. Fans. I went back and watched it again when it was like. Out of yeah, the we video. just watched it like a week ago. And I have to say, actually, well, now that I like, okay, I know all that stuff was going to be in there, and just <laughs> watch the movie. It was. You're able to filter it a little bit. It, it did because I was just. It wasn't just. I, I knew it was coming, so I was like, I was like, oh, okay, great. Oh, okay, great. Now we explain that. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, it's. Those things are great for Wiki- Wikipedia, right? But you don't have to put that in the movie. It doesn't, you know, it's not... You put that in the book. But, so, but yeah. okay, so to go back to my point, because right, I, I was talking about Picard five minutes ago. And uh, their podcast <laughs> listeners, this is, this is Kevin and Robert when we get together. So. We, we, we just branch off. And, and sometimes we come back. Sometimes we come back. Uh, but it's not, not always a closed orbit. Um, so... With Picard, they did a lot of that fan service too, but I thought they did it in ways that were really sometimes subtle and sometimes really good. I thought there was still there was a lot of it, and but it was like because my wife is not big into Star Trek, but she watched Picard with me and she liked Picard because it was accessible. The story itself, you didn't need you could watch Picard and enjoy Picard for what it was without knowing all everything about Star Trek. Uh, and you should know a little bit about you know spaceships and stuff, but you know, um, <laughs> and uh, but then there were just like the little things. It was just like the the tiny tiny things of like the choice of songs they played, or or just these just these little tiny details that like, oh you know that's so and so or that you know those those little things that just tied back into in in little ways that like for the Star Trek fans like oh my gosh that was you know. That was the, the, oh they're playing poker you know that 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 was the same hand or you know things like that, um, 
or you know the Picard Day banner was just like you know the, the thing you know things like um, where it was you didn't um, it was there but it wasn't so like on the nose or obvious or made or made a big deal out of it. it was something that was more subtle and it was if you saw it you saw it and it was like oh this is this was nice so I thought I thought Picard handled that that kind of that fan servicey stuff a little bit better. I agree. Well, we're going to take one more small break here, and then okay. we'll wrap it up with you here. Uh, uh, don't go anywhere. Voting isn't just going to the polls on election day. Options like early voting, mail-in voting, and ballot drop boxes are available to more voters and are growing in popularity. How to Vote, a tool created by Democracy Works, breaks down the options your state offers for casting a ballot empowering you to decide when and where to vote. Democracy works best when we all vote, but misinformation and confusion about election procedures have resulted in low voter turnout. How to Vote is easy to use and helps folks from all over the country overcome many of the process barriers to voting. Democracy Works is committed to helping you vote no matter what. You can sign up for election reminders, see what's on your ballot, Get step-by-step assistance requesting your mailing ballot. Explore your options for returning your voted mail ballot. Check your voter registration status. Find your polling site. And make sure you have the appropriate ID. Decide when and where you'll vote this year at howto.vote. And we're back. So now one of the things I wanted to uh, discuss with you is, is, like I said, I've known you quite a long time. I've known you in... A bunch of different various stages of your evolution, as it will. Uh, it's kind of really like Pokemon, yeah, right? It is kind of like Pokemon. Like, I met you when you were, what, just 20? And you had your long hair and trench coat phase, which I think we we yeah. shared like a year yeah. or two off the, from each other. But duster. Well, that my, my, my trench coat phase lasted longer than most, so... <laughs> <laughs> that was the that was the the Australian duster was the, the I remember yeah and uh, missed that coat that was a good coat it was, it was a for good Washington coat. this is actually you 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 you're not as cool as you think you are when you're 16 and buy it um, but I mean it is for Washington it was it was a pretty good coat it worked well see now I made the mistake I went with the long the long leather uh, leather uh, oh, to, trench coat you need, you need and it to get was the bad real Australian oil skin that was it just yeah. beat it off that was. But, but yeah. you know, like I said, I've known you through a bunch of evolutions of your of your of mm-hmm. your person of your of your character. One of the coolest things I've gotten to see is you go from point A to point B to point C. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you spent some time, you know, like we said, working at McDonald's, and you spent some time. time, a lot of time, unfortunately. Uh, you spent some time as a mad scientist, which that is one might, that one might need fun. some explanation for for the folks at home, but yeah. There, there was a company up here called Mad Science, and they would go around and do uh, science demonstrations for children. Mm-hmm. You know, pour water in your cup on your head, and then all of a sudden, it's a solid. It doesn't come out of the cup. And, um, Made a lot of slime. Before making a lot slime of got, slime. Before static slime got electricity. Popular, yeah. yeah. And, and I distinctly remember you putting on a little show of that for my for my baby sister one time when she was over visiting. That, mm-hmm. was, fu- that was hilarious. That was good fun. But... Uh, uh, and then they went. Amazing and, how like much you, my current teaching style was influenced by that job. Well, I, I wanted to mention that honestly, and yeah. <clears throat> when I think of you, like I said, shaping young minds, I kind of get this, this, this image in my head of that, the the mad science version of you, and then also 
Robert used to do this impression of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Or was it a Velociraptor? It was a Velociraptor. It was, well, it was a Tyrannosaurus Rex was the, the, the big one. That was the T-Rex impersonation. That was the that was the top tier. I tried to do yeah. the Dilophosaurus. The, the Velociraptors, are, they're somewhere in between. They're not that interesting. With the with the Dilophosaurus, right? You do you inflict you know you, you shake your hands and make it look like a little frill, you know? and, <laughs> and then you do and, the and little, just, you do the little claw hands for the for the for the T Rex. I saw someone on YouTube do that, mm-hmm. and they're like, it's in like this lunchroom of like this like a mining company or something like that. It's like all yellow and orange vests and kind of dirty and kind of dreary, and this dude walks in in a hard hat, and he's sniffing the air like you used to sniff the air when you would do yours and he's just quick eyes darting around all of a sudden and all of a sudden he's doing it he's doing the voice the the vocalizations and and he leaps like from a standing on the ground flat leap uh, onto a table a cafeteria table and he's just stomping along this cafeteria table kicking people's plates over and just kind of just really into it and then he hears someone like cough or laugh or at the end of the table and he like stalks down to the end of the table, leaps off with the tiny hands. So he's like just leaps off and lands and gets right in this guy's face and then does what you used to do and is just bellows with this blood curdling Tyrannosaurus, what I imagine a Tyrannosaurus might sound like. Uh, thank you, Steven Spielberg. But, but just lets loose and just everyone's rolling and... I showed uh, my wife the video when I was watching. I'm like, look, that's Robert right there. That's what Robert used to do to all of us. And uh, it, it made me really wistful for you. But I always kind of pictured your teaching style being a mix of mad scientists with a dash of Tyrannosaurus and just kind of big energy and big kind of... <laughs> that, I, I mean, so, I mean, it depends. Um, it depends on the, the, the class you do. You, you do change things up for different groups of students. So I teach a lot of like big general education uh, astronomy classes for non-majors, right? So this is the this is the checkbox for their science credit kind of class. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a very wide sample of the student population, different backgrounds and prep. Um, and so with that one, it is kind of about, you know, trying to keep them you know, engaged with it and excited and and amped up a little bit and so yeah a lot of stuff that I do in med like back in the med science days like doing the science demonstrations doing the assembly shows there I mean there's there I'm not gonna lie there 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 there's still a little bit you know so I used to use the stage name Dr. Cranium for that um, before I actually became a doctor and the um, a lot of that shtick I still I still will employ um, sometimes directly, sometimes <laughs> um, uh, for doing demos and stuff, um, especially when I get like volunteers up. I do the same thing, like, oh, okay, let's give a big round of applause for a volunteer, you know. Um, when like, if I you do don't that, ever lose it, you don't ever lose yeah. that performance mentality. Of it. And and that and it, and you look at my teaching evaluations and like like it's always like really enthusiastic, really high energy. Da, 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 you know, that's like that's like you know, um, <laughs> that's not and, a surprise. And and so. Uh, because I mean, it, it kind of helps. Because if you're the flashiest thing in the room, then maybe they're paying attention to you, and it's it's that's hard to get their attention nowadays. They're um, you, know, you got to be more interesting than TikTok. Yeah, right. And it's it's you know, and it does help. They it's 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 and I mean one one thing one thing is is that um, eventually you learn and and is that you don't we have this 
idea that teaching is something like like I as the professor do. Like I will I teach and somehow that is putting knowledge and learning into your brain. And that's not how people learn, right? The student has to do the learning. I can't I can't get that information into the brain. I can I can try to present the information to to you, make ways for you to engage and think with it, but the process of learning is the student. That's we don't you know, it's not like the matrix. You can't just plug it in and pour it in, right? Um, it is it is it is here's here's the stuff that you should know. Here are ways you can think about it, and you have to do the mental work of do of actually thinking it. And there's ways you can try to encourage students to do it. But I cannot I cannot teach anyone anything. Teaching is not something you can't do that. That is, teaching isn't when we say the word teach and when we think about it is not something that actually happens. That is not a thing right. that actually exists. Um, it is really I'm just trying to give you. A, mo a make a moment where you're you can think about something deeply and often many times until you literally are making new connections with neurons in your brains that suddenly make that connection where it clicks and it becomes something that you know um, and I can try to facilitate that to happen as much as possible by the, how I present my class or things I do but there's nothing that you can I can't make anyone learn nothing. That's like I can't. Uh, and and there's many students that are gonna they, they put more effort into not learning than it would take to just learn. <laughs> it's kind That's of true. amazing. I was, I was the kind of student. It's, that was kind of the student I was. Is like kind of trying to figure out how much effort I could put into it and skate by, mm -hmm. versus you know. And I mean that's I, a should, I should have been more attentive. Yeah, and it, but I mean that's also but also but it'd be different, right? So like when I teach uh, higher level courses for like like students that are in the major and stuff, um, you know it's it's you know I still try to you know I'll still crack a joke every once in a while and stuff, uh, but it may it may be a little more dry and technical and 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 I mean I'm still pretty high energy because just you just. I'm just, I, that's that's just who you are. You like yeah. right? You've met me. Right? Give me, give me in front of two people, and I'm going to try to like do the whole show for everybody. I, I, I desperately want to be the center of attention. I, that is, that, I'm not going to lie. I just want everyone looking at me and say, "Hey, look at me! I'm, I'm the most interesting thing in the room right now." That's my goal. I'm, I'm doing a podcast mm -hmm. where I talk to people every day mm -hmm. to be the center of attention. Yeah. I mean, come on. That, that's it. We're, right? the, we're so, the same. But well, what what brought oh, you yeah. into astrophysics? I mean, specifically, uh, I know I know you've always had a bent towards uh, science. Uh, I mean, I uh, so, but uh, I mean, that, I mean that was it. I mean, it's Star Wars. <laughs> I, my my mom went and saw Star Wars when she's eight months pregnant with me. So probably it is like like neonate, you know, like like in the womb hearing the John Williams score. You know, I was born in '77. I grew up as a little kid right in that peak, like initial Star Wars mania. Like Boba Fett was my first friend. Um, you know, uh, I mean, little action figure, right? Um, I was going to so, say that's very sad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I literally don't. There was never a time I didn't. I can't remember not loving space, basically. Um, you know, from the time I was the tiniest, tiniest little kid. Um, even before I knew what space was, you know, like, because just like, if, like, I love things like Star Wars and 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 that kind of stuff. And it just was, it's just so embedded, um, you know. You know, I was the kid that would get up and watch a space shuttle launch, you know, when I was like four years old. That that was just mm -hmm. me. Um, you know, I always wanted to go to space camp. That was, you know, 
when I was a little kid, he asked me what I wanted. I said, I want to be an astronaut, you know. Um, that movie didn't ruin it for you? Uh, but Space Camp, the movie? Space Camp, the movie is a great movie. Space Camp <laughs> is the most amazing it's movie. There's so, so many, 80s. Oh. There's so many things wrong with it. We watched. I watched it like about a year ago. I made uh, the entire family sit down and watch Space it. Space Camp is great. Space Camp is great. Yes. I, 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 I dated as hell. Oh yeah. Oh man, it's been a long time. So I I think I have a copy of it somewhere, and I I do need to go back and watch Space Camp because it's been. I had, I did do a rewatch, but it was like ten years ago now. But yeah, no. The, <laughs> but yeah, and man, man, uh, little uh, oh um, he was Leaf Phoenix then. What is Joaquin Phoenix, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, and that was like one of his. Was he the kid? He was the kid with the robot. Oh shit! Yeah, man. that's right. So yeah, um, yeah, man, and and it's like it's like, uh, yeah, Leah Kate Thompson. Capshaw and Kate Leah Capshaw Thompson. It's a great cast, actually. Um, no, I don't hate it. That's like I said. That's why I made the actually, kids watch it. And um, I think yeah. they were looking at me the whole time, like like Tom Skerritt's in it. I mean, it's like it's a. It Tom is Scarrett not is in everything. Well, that's true. Okay, uh, anything. Yeah, anything with NASA has Tom Scarrett in it. But um, <laughs> that movie, that movie is completely ridiculous, but in really great, great ways. In a good campy way, and mm-hmm. and like I said, I've, I've been making the kids watch a bunch of those. Like we just watched the the Back to the Future trilogy because they'd never mm-hmm. seen them. And when I was brought to my attention that they had never seen them, I realized I was a horrible father, and so yeah, I sought to a- rectify that as quickly as possible. Uh, now I'm getting ready to get them on a never-ending story, and I, I'm you, trying to decide if that makes me good old. or bad. Your kids are getting old on that one. You're, you may miss the boat on never-ending story. My daughter's yeah. nine. She used to jump into it. Okay, nine is okay, but I think I think you're I think you've lost your oldest on that one. Um, as long as they still mentally traumatized like I was when Artex and the, the Swamp of Despair. No right. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, you know, great uh, underappreciated '80s movie, uh, sci-fi movie. What's that? Last Starfighter. Last I, Last Starfighter. I was just thinking about that the other day, and I, I saw someone. Someone there's the, there. There may be there may be like a sequel or something in the. Yeah, they're they're working on something with it. I know that's what I really hope. I don't want to see a remake. I really would like to see a sequel because that would be there. There was a lot of setup there that could be really interesting. Um, you know, go and I wouldn't try to make it like an '80s movie again, right? I wouldn't try to do the the whole Stranger um, Stranger Things thing with it. I'd literally make it like you know he like he comes back looking for like more help to fight the the Kodan Armada, like like and just have it like you know like have like a guy who hasn't been back on Earth since the '80s going like, whoa, man, I thought Zor was bad. <laughs> um, It'd be uh, interesting. It's like yeah. There's a lot of dated movies that we watched back then that we have this affiliation and this affinity for that just kind of... There's a whole episode I got coming up about problematic uh, pieces from childhood and and things that become problematic the more we go. uh, And as far as things like uh, the Me Too movement and... Uh, everything like that. So I think I think I think one thing is 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 we can give ourselves permission that you know just because something that we loved is is now we now look at it back and say oh that's problematic that's growth right that and that's okay right don't we should right and that's and that's the overarching message of of what yeah. I wanted to discuss was was it's not necessarily the fact that 
Revenge of the Nerds was the way Revenge of the Nerds was, or you know, all these movies, these 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 frat boy movies uh, with the rape culture and everything else like that. Mm-hmm. It's not liking those movies and having a soft spot for these movies that makes you a bad person because everyone. These movies did really well in the box office for a reason. It was a particular niche in time. It was a particular kind of subject matter that just didn't have the kind of widespread um, attention around it. And whether or not you like those things is, is immaterial. It's whether or not you can grow past it and see it for being, okay, so maybe there was good things to like about it, but here's ultimately where it's problematic and and it doesn't make me a bad person for liking uh, you know this particular genre, Porky's or Revenge of the Nerds or whatever you want to say with these same type of movies. You know, even the original Ghostbusters was a bit problematic if you go back and look at it. But as we adopt and adapt as a culture, we're going to have to look at it through new, different, new and different lenses and, and find a way to rectify what we're seeing with what we know now. Right, and that's and growth. That's education. That's that's how we grow, right? We recognize we recognize why this is, you know, I, and that's I, this is this is the this is the fundamental thing, I think that we uh, often have a problem with, and especially th- those are like right, middle aged white dude, right? I am the 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 I the privileged buffet, right? Um, uh, if if uh, uh, man, I'd have I would I would have privilege if I if my family was a little bit richer. I'd have privilege blackout on my b- privilege bingo card, right? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a cis, cis heteronormative white male, you know, Northern American. You know, man, if my family income was about fifty thousand dollars higher growing up, man, I would have gotten to prep schools and stuff, and and I'd just be, you know, I'd just I'd, I'd be like the worst um, <laughs> as far as privilege. Um, so the thing, the thing that is is I think with these things is. It's hard for a lot of people to realize that other people's experience of the world may be different than how you experience the world. And things that seem completely harmless or or don't are not offensive or or things, for someone else that may not be the same. And if someone says, like this here's why this is hurtful or damaging or this is not a good thing you don't get to tell them that it's not. That that's that. Understand that that they they are experiencing it differently than you are, and their that point of view is 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 valid and worthy, and you should listen to what other people are saying. That is, and that and that kind of goes with like everything that a lot of the things that we're dealing with in our culture right now. Basically, with everything. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I it's mean, a, th- it's a huge growth period right now. Um, but Huge it's painful because uh, we're going through we're going through a really rough spot um, in 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 history. This happens <laughs> if you look at history. There are there are rough spots, and that is this is the time where growth kind of happens. Is these things kind of get reckoned? Um, I mean, there's. I mean, we have like you know. Uh, now we're uh, now we're getting real. Now we're just, we gotta be really. We're gonna get. We're gonna get go off a completely not nerdy podcast and just get bummed out here. But um, <laughs> these things are. But this is the thing that's happening on on. on so the the scary thing is is that is not only that we're experiencing the world differently, 
but we're really with the polarization in our culture and, and ways that we're only listening to things that we agree with uh, is we're now looking to the point where it's not even that we're experiencing the different world. We have people literally living in different worlds. Like like this whole like let's let's okay let's go on it. Like this mask thing is like the dumbest thing ever, right? Because like you wear a mask, it helps. It lowers the transmission rate. That's just just what it does. Okay, just wear a mask. It's not hard. You you wear pants when you go to the supermarket. That's somehow not making you wear pants at the supermarket. Somehow does not infringe on your your civil liberty. But actually, you put a mask on just to like help not spread a virus is is like a big thing in my freedom and yeah it may be uncomfortable but sometimes pants are uncomfortable um and this is you know but we've made it a thing now that if you wear a mask you're you're a commie pico liberal if you don't wear a mask you know you're you're a, a, a crazy you know whatever you know thing and now 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 it just becomes a thing right um, and it's like the thing is, 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 is what we should all be doing, right? Is okay. Don't you just wear the mask? That you know, it's not that. That's just that, that a good thing to do to help deal with this thing. And because we can't, because we're not even living, we're not even getting access to the same information. People are being told that, oh, you know, you know, because it gets clickbaits or something. That you know this, yeah. Anyway, I'm good. Go. Uh, yeah, we could definitely go on a rant, Jesus. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't but, the point of today. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know where we went on that one. People listening to this 20 <laughs> years from now are going to be like, "What are they talking about?" Like, I know. But um, I'll just be happy if someone's listening to it in 20 years. That'd be nice. Yeah, right. But so I guess I guess, so. Going back to the topic, right? Is that yeah? It's it's okay that change our perspective on things and change our opinion and to evaluate things differently in light of more information like oh this is the thing i did not recognize was bad then because i didn't know and now i know and so if i watch this movie again or if i watch it with my kids maybe i'll have a conversation why this isn't a good thing or a bad thing or i'll choose not to watch the movie anymore because now that i see it it's 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 you know i don't want to i don't want to watch it or i'm going to watch the movie but acknowledge that these things are are wrong and that's okay yeah it's like right um you know i went to um I went and uh, watched a screening of Gone with the Wind at at, uh, at, at, at a special movie screening of Gone with the Wind. I mean, there's a lot of things that are very wrong with Gone with the Wind, right? It, it is the, mm. the kind of the glorification of, you know, the, of, of the Confederacy. And Southern the plantain plantation culture. Yeah, there's There's definitely really complicated and problematic things about it. But it is is still you know it's an important film it's a, a, a piece of art and it, you know these things will change and how you interpret any kind of art changes with time and everything all this stuff that we talk about right all this nerdy stuff we talk about is art and art only exists in context right it doesn't it it, it, ha, it doesn't it's not just an independent thing all by itself it, it's in time and its place but also how it's interpreted later right. Um, and how and how and the reaction of the viewer and and those things that that get drawn out of it and those are going to change with time and those are going to be you know that and that is okay right you know things that we you know so yeah it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you are threatened or being attacked by when someone says like yeah this stuff is not good you know um, just acknowledge it yeah but anyway yeah, yeah I don't know yeah, we could. <laughs> Well, we kind of went off on a bit of a tangent as we tended we to. We went on like, like 18 different tangents. We could have counted how many tangents we went off of. Yeah, if this was a video podcast, I'd just be ticking them up on the screen right now. But uh, since it's not, 
you'll have to count yourself. But I really do want to thank you, Robert, for uh, taking the time to do this with me. And it's uh, as always, it's fantastic to sit just and have a conversation with you. And yeah, I could see having uh, plenty of opportunities to continue doing this since you're working from home and got nothing better to do after answering 8,000 emails from your students. So, but yeah. uh, I, I definitely want to sit and have uh, some more conversations with you. So if you'll yeah. indulge me, I think uh, uh, in the next coming couple of months, uh, we'll, we'll find a few topics to sit down and try to try to focus Keep, in on. Fo- focusing on? Yeah. Like, uh, you need to watch The Expanse, Attempt. dude. The Expanse, man. Expanse is I, great. I am going to get on The Expanse. How about this? I'll it, watch The to... Expanse Season 1, and then we'll sit down and have a conversation. You do that. Cause, season cause, 1. Cause I'll give you two. I'll give you eight and one. Great sci-fi. Just a good story. Good sci-fi. Very solid. Very, very um, space opera-y classic sci-fi. Um, Which we know I'm into. Right. If you if you like if you like Firefly, if you like if you like uh, Battlestar Galactica, if you like if you like um, Star Wars, great. But also one of the most amazing things about The Expanse is hands down like some of the best science and realistic space physics in all of sci-fi. Like if you want to if you if you want to imagine what space battles really would be like in actual space, with actual physics in our universe, the expanse is like the closest to it. Uh, and it's very I'll different. Have to, I'll have to dive into that. It is it is it is oh uh, it's it's mm, so good. Well, how about this? So good. We'll ske- we'll schedule the next conversation to be after I watch season one, and we can we can butt heads and see how that feels. It's, that is a good idea. You, well, those of you uh, at home, if you haven't seen the Expanse, do the, the Expanse or read the books. Well, uh, Robert, again, I want to thank you for joining me, and uh, I want to thank all of you for listening to another episode of the Feel Your Fandom podcast. Uh, once again, if you want to find us on Facebook, that's facebook.com forward slash Feel Your Fandom. We also have a Patreon, which I will post up to the Facebook page. Uh, just come up with it. Just put it together. So if you feel like donating a few bucks to the show, jump on in. There are a few different reward tiers in there for you. Other than that, I want to thank you all for listening. And like I try to remind everybody, uh, just remember that everything is fandom. And fandom is everything. Take care. Oh, 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 oh,